Hello everybody, this is me, Archie Waterworth, once again for my 16th show. It's ticking along really nicely at the moment. I've got some great guests coming up in the next few weeks and I've got another guest for you today. It's quite a sunny day where I am at the moment. It's a really hot day, so after this I think I'll be going outside and having a bit of a, a read and a sunbathe probably. And today I've got with me a friend of mine who is a very, very interesting guy when it comes to the music front and he's still studying as well so he's a very busy man so always uh, always good to get him on for a chat and he is the founder or co-founder of Jive Hive Records if I am wrong and um, I hope you guys love what he has to play for you today and uh, his name is Harold Serrero so Harold it's really good to have you on my show and um, how are you today? Thank you so much, man. Um, an absolute pleasure. I just I can't believe you're doing, you've done 15 already. I mean, most people tend to do podcasts of four, you know, or, or a series of six, but you've done 15, which is, uh, which is incredible, and I enjoy every one. So it's a great pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, as you say, it's a lovely day, so um, looking forward to a little chat. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you on my show. And Harold, when... You started at university. You, you know, you were, you know, just having a bit of fun as a normal student does. When did dance music and club music really come into your your sphere of interest? Well, I think the first time I went to a club was when I was about well, about fourteen. Um, went to a Corsica Studios night, which is always a great place to start because you won't go to a club as good for a long time after that. Well, at least that was the ID that they were accepting with these sort of card Italian IDs that seemed to go around. I don't know if you had one of those back in the day. And we saw Bradley Zero in room two, and that was just a huge, huge eye-opener for me at that time. And um, and also then that summer I went to Berlin for the first time uh, for about a month. And again another huge eye-opener into, into sort of clubs and spaces and, you know, much more than just, you know, music, but also the way that that music is being shaped um, by the space that it's, that it's been playing in. And, and, and so, yeah, that was kind of, that was really the first summer. But then I think the, the most important musical moment I had as a young guy was in, uh, was at Brainchild Festival. Uh, so that was probably a couple of years later, 2016. Um, and it was just a huge eye-opener for me because it was the first time that I saw jazz music really be played as as club music. And uh, and actually, just I was just before I came on this podcast, I was looking at the the programme and just to list a few of the people that were playing, that the, the names who are just huge at the moment, so that, you know, Binkra and Moses, that's, that's Moses Boyd, who's now just blown up, uh, Alpha Mist, Alice Phoebe Lou, Izzy Risk, Coco Roco, Ezra Collective, Hector Plimmer, you know, all these names which now are just currency playing on this lineup in a small 800 people festival in, in 2016. So that was a huge, huge moment for me. Um, where I would say everything really began. Tell me a little bit more about your record label to those listening. I mean, a lot of our friends may know a little bit, having having come across it at some of your nights in Oxford. Where where did the idea grow, especially as you're doing it with a couple of other people, aren't you? 
Yeah, so the, so it kind of grew out the night. Um, basically, we, you know, in my first year at Oxford, um, no, sorry, my second year actually it was, uh, so two years ago, I, you know, we thought, Phil, Phil Tomei and I thought that, you know, it was a good idea to, to set something up and, to, and and think about doing something slightly different than just straight up club night with, uh, you know, DJs coming in and to basically bring... Again, that same formula, live music, bring it into a club space, uh, and and see how it see how it worked. And so, kind of, we grew we grew the club night, and we did a few nights uh, in various different venues around Oxford. So, one in Freud, which is actually next to where I live now, which is a beautiful converted church, um, for for a gig there with Yasmin Lacey, and then we had DJs play after that. Uh, and then, even when the DJs were playing, we still had trumpet players and and trombonists playing over them as well. Uh, so the live element is sort of mixed into every kind of part of the night. Um, and then we had Africa play and, and Moving Still came over from Ireland for a gig in at the Bullingdon in Oxford, which is sort of the, the central club in Oxford. And that was so that was really the first time that we kind of met Jamal. Um, and that was actually his first gig out of Ireland. Um, so... After that point, we basically started talking, and you know, the, there was clearly an interest on either side to to to, to do something, and uh, yeah, and so so I guess that was really the kind of foundational idea for the record label. But it was very much centered on the idea that we that we were doing nights and that we were going to use the nights as a way to propel the label. It's very interesting how your night grew into something that came out of. Be it really just having a bit of fun. I think the label's a really good idea. And what I wanted to know is when I saw you last, you said that you only, I might be wrong, I think you were saying there's only 30 minutes to an hour a day is needed max to, you know, to be spent on just like sorting, working on the label and doing bits and bobs. Is that true for every day? Or do you think you have to spend more time trying to, trying to find new artists or new ideas for the next releases? I think that's an interesting question. I think... Um, I, I think absolutely it, it's, it is the amount of time needed because really what you're spending most of your time doing is building up a, 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 you know, a social media presence or promotion. And, and, and so, that, so that, that's, that's happening on one side of things. The other side is obviously the A&R side where you're dealing with your artists. I mean, this is just the beginning where we've only got really two artists we're working with and, and hopefully over the next year uh, and when things sort of cool down, uh, we'll be able to have a much larger roster of uh artists i'm sure that will become more time consuming but you know you look at a lot of small independent labels they've got jobs nine to fives going on and 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 still managing to to run their labels on the side so it's very manageable i think in that sense uh you know actually what what, what can be much more time consuming the event side of things uh because so many different things which are going on uh, and, and and sort of bits of organisation that need to be done. Whereas the the, the label is a kind of more slow burning uh, growth process. Before we talk about all of this a bit more, let's hear let's hear some music. But you had in mind something of just your own choice before we play um, some of the stuff from your label. So I think this first song will definitely show a little insight into what you like as a as a sort of musical branch. And um, if you'd love to introduce it to, to everyone, that would be great. Up to this is Mahant Mazuni. 
with a Kutma Kamarad, it's a fantastic Algerian uh, singer who who are here now and has inspired a lot of what we do. Écoute-moi, oh camarade, laisse tomber cette fille, tu m'entends. Elle va te rendre malade et tu vas souffrir longtemps. Je sais bien que tu l'aimes et tu lui as donné ton âme. Je sais bien que tu l'aimes et tu lui as donné ton âme. Mais elle ne t'a jamais mis camarade. Elle profite de toi et tu es content Même si paroles sont froides Tu dois les sentir pour autant Regarde-toi bien dans la glace Et réfléchis si c'est important Tu as choisi une épine hélas Ce n'est pas une rose de printemps Je sais bien que tu l'aimes Et tu lui as donné ton âme Je sais bien que tu l'aimes Et tu lui as donné ton âme a little insight there into some of the the ideas that Harold likes from a music perspective. So that was Écoute Moi Camarade by Mizuni. I think that's how I tried to pronounce it in my best French accent. Harold, tell me a little bit more about your Middle Eastern uh, leanings when it comes to a musical perspective. Obviously, on your label, you've got Moving Still onto your record label, who's, I think, a, a great upcoming DJ. And... Yeah. Tell me more to those who don't know Moving Still about his incredible heritage and also his musical talent as well. Yeah, well, f- I mean, firstly, just to, just to answer that first point, I think it's, you know, my dad came, you know, he's born in Morocco um, in the 60s and came over to uh, Paris in, you know, when he was around 10 years old, as did a lot of the so Moroccan Jewish community was a the French left in 55 and then 10 years after that a lot of them moved around the world to, to Israel or America and and a, and, a, and a huge percentage of that community moved to Paris and so I've always been interested in the way that Middle Eastern or North African music has shaped uh, a lot of the music that that gets created in France 
uh, and sort of around the world. So when Hasib played me, uh, so the, the the story went with 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 Jamal was that I was in Hasib's room in South London and we were going to go out for a few drinks and he said just before we went, oh, I've got to show you this record. And he showed me this record, which was a uh, nail shop record um, with Moving Still. And the first track is I'll Just Go Haram. And it just completely blew my mind because it was everything, all the different elements of kind of music that I love sort of drawn into, but, but also made for a club as well. Uh, and so traditional Arabic music mixed in with this, Arab, with this acid sound uh, together and that for me was just a huge moment and so right from that very first point I thought god I've got to get this guy he's great and um, and so yeah so that was so this record really from from Nail Shop with Moving Still with Oud was the first moment for me where I realized that you know Jamal was going to be something interesting and, and, and somebody we definitely wanted to work with at some point. He's brilliant for sure I like the the sort of growing scene that the Middle Eastern roots has got in the dance in the dance scene. I think obviously their Dardisku and Moving Still are just probably one of few artists lurking uh, underneath the the surface who have definitely got after this period of COVID definitely have a chance of really getting up far and high into the the DJ ladder. Has COVID for you been from for the record label a bit of a disruptor or kind of business as usual? I think it's been a period of great opportunity for um, a lot of labels and particularly I think uh, musicians to create music it's obviously been a very difficult time um, but the, there's been a huge flourishing of, of music which has come out recently especially you know, digitally released music um, you know and just just artists basically having the time to go back and and think about their work so I think on a a kind of general scale, it's been a good time uh, for musicians, but obviously a very hard time in the sense that they're not out there performing their work. Um, so in terms of us, I think everything's going nice and smoothly. I think we're just building up the presence online. Um, and I think we're, we're going to push it back slightly because we, I think I like the idea because Dardisco as well, releasing with Moving Stills, they're going to be releasing in about December and then we should be aiming for about February. Hopefully where there will be some degree of normality where we can do a gig and, and uh, you know, and, and, and promote, the, promote the, the record as much as we can. Definitely. I think when you have a record label in conjunction with a night, it definitely allows it to grow just from a, just because people can experience it more because you probably have your own ethos that you want to imp- implement in both your label and you know the music and also your night. So I think it just helps each other out for sure. And I was I obviously noticed that you did a a little show on Worldwide FM with Hasib, and I'm not gonna lie, you must have been a little bit nervous before that because obviously it's a little bit more sort of under the spec or sort of under the sort of spotlight compared to maybe a relaxed podcast like this. Tell me how you were feeling before, or were you completely at ease, like the actor you are? <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was pretty. Nervous. I mean, it was funny because the two other people that Hasib got on were so actually. So the the, the context to it was that Hasib was coming over to Berlin anyway, uh, 
to 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 see his girlfriend Charlotte, but also just to you know just to chill out and uh, and have a nice time. And in that, so we have a favorite artist that we share in the form of Alice Phoebe Lou, who is this amazing singer, originally street singer, but now sort of pop sensation as well. Uh, he has a sort of amazing voice from South Africa, and we'd seen her so at Brainchild, funny enough, in 2016, and then. I'd been seeing her every week in Berlin when she because she started performing again. So that was actually the first thing that you know that that was the sign of relative normality in Berlin because that's where I was living. This year was was her performing out, and there would be three hundred people who were coming to her to her gigs, just busking basically. And so I was very nervous that I was speaking alongside her that I was going to meet her because she'd been such a big part of you know what I'd been doing for the last sort of month and 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 I just complete admiration for her as well and then also Ziggy who had kind of been doing the same thing but big outdoor parties and in in Tempelhofer fell and and so so it was kind of weird to be next to them that was really the weird thing I think Hasib's a great friend of mine it wasn't too stressful when you're when you're talking away but yeah certainly before there was a couple there were a few jitters I'll say yeah, I'm not surprised. I think when you when you it's just only because you have the sort of big name of the show rather than being with the people that you're with. It's definitely it's interesting how your how in external pressures can just kind of create a, a different sort of feeling. But obviously, it was quite easy to settle in. And tell me a bit more about Berlin. Was it you know a typical Berlin experience? Despite COVID, did you get into sort of weird areas as that Berlin can expect you to? to be drawn into or was it kind of a, <laughs> a very sort of normal European life that you might have lived? Uh, it was, was I was there for two months before COVID happened and, and, and Berlin in the winter is a very dark and cold place uh, that matched with dark and well, very hot sweaty clubs is an interesting combination and so I definitely did get the sort of two months of uh, Berlin frenzy and hedonistic lifestyle that one might ex- expect to lead in Berlin. But actually coming back after the whole lockdown thing was very nice because it's an amazing city to be in in the summer. It hits 30 degrees regularly. It's very green. So yeah, it was a much calmer life. Um, all the big clubs were shut. So that was something that was completely written off. But what people were doing was playing in bars basically because bars are still legally open and so what you were really looking for was bars that were slightly willing to break the rules and just have a little bit more fun than they might have normally been expected to so that was really interesting so there's a lot of community bars that suddenly were like operating like clubs and Ziggy who was also on the on the on the on the chat for the worldwide thing was organizing these just live jams these outdoor jams in this park in this old abandoned airport and what started off being five people grew to 300 people dancing outside so that was incredible that wouldn't have happened had all the clubs and everything been open so that was a really natural organic result of uh you know the limitations that people had so that was a great sign of you know people just being creative getting up getting their kit together uh, you know, getting someone to film it and, and, and just really allowing something to grow. So that was a really, really lovely thing that I, I got to be part of when I was there. I definitely agree that a, a period of crisis is 
certainly for the music industry, led to uh, instances of creativity, which without the funding and support that sort of clubs and, you know, wealthy promoters try and provide. So I think I think this period after COVID should hopefully, even though there'll be a lot of difficulty, should hopefully bring a lot of positive change for upcoming artists and, you know, record labels and promoters. So hopefully Berlin and London and other cities can, you know, recover in the best way possible. But before we talk a bit more about that, let's hear your first track from your label that you want to show to everyone because that's what we're here for. Absolutely. So this one is Batata Charma. This is on the A1. Uh, this is the A1 of the record. Batata means potato charma is obviously charma. So it's the idea that Chamar's blending Saudi influence with the kind of Irish one at the same time. So it's a little pun on the idea of a potato charmer. So I hope you enjoy this one.
Boom. Good start from everyone there listening. That was Batata Chama. Quite an amusing name for a track, obviously to highlight his his extremely exotic blend of Saudi and Irish roots. But um, can you tell me a bit more about the sort of track in terms of how you wanted your ethos and his ethos to kind of combine into the Jive um, Jive Hive record? Or was it sort of you gave him a free reign to sort of imprint his Electra and sort of Italo, um, in, in, you know, uh, what's it called? Yeah, sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. So it's got a lot of stuff going on uh, in terms of the... I mean, I think this album, this this EP in relation to a lot of the other ones that he does is, 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 is dark. It's hard, uh, you know, and it, and it, and it, and it carries a lot of the different sort of elements that, that, that moving still has got in a lot of his other work and kind of brings them together in a really nice way. And so I think, uh, with, with Batara to Charma, that is definitely, you know, a strong, straight, heavy dance track. Um, Whereas actually some of the other ones on the EP have got different elements being brought into them as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that the conception of the album was just to have four tracks that that basically we're gonna pump and and, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sound great on the great on any dance floor. And I think that's what that's what he's delivered. So really, really looking forward to to, to hearing them out live as well. It's what really they're all made for. It must feel quite nice having songs on your label being pla- played out in a club or just having people desiring to uh, to make music for your label. Does it feel quite uplifting when people of such you know amazing skill like Moving Still um, who want to do some work for you and create some amazing music, does it feel like a, a great achievement or do you think you feel more hungry to, to you know reach higher heights? I'm too honestly, I'm just hungry to get it out. It's a great honor to be to be uh to be doing this. But it's you know, I think we're just an auxiliary for him. It's not really about us, actually. I think it's much more about him. Um and you know, we're just it's just about helping him basically get to the next level. Uh, you know, and I've actually literally just got the test presses just next to me right now, which is very exciting and you know, it's all kind of coming together. And and so we're just going to be blitzing the promotion as much as possible for the next two three months uh, before our actual release date. And you know he's it, it's what's really exciting is to be working with an artist who is just growing, growing, growing. And you can literally see with every single thing that he's bringing out, there's just new people, there's more people following, there's more people who are sharing it. Radio shows, whether it's Worldwide FM, you know, whether it's you know whatever radio there is out there, the Red Light Radio, NTS, all these kind of things that he's working with just showing so much interest. And it was really easy to do because we literally just had to call up a couple of distributors. Yes, please, we want moving still. So he's already becoming a little sensation. So that's a really, really exciting thing uh, to do. And yeah, and as I say, we're just an auxiliary. It's not about us uh, at all, really. It's quite a nice way of looking at it. I think it's good to take a step back and really promote the artist himself. I think I can imagine some record labels are quite quite selfish in that way they're just using the djs for their own benefit but it's really nice to hear that you've got a nice clear promotional ethic because i think going forward it's easy with covid to sort of get a bit lost in your ethos especially as it's been no clubbing for a while and whatever and before we talk about that a bit more should we should we give 
his uh, withered uh, one of his tracks from the withered album ago. So Absolutely, yeah, that'd be great. Um, so what's the one you wanted to play? So we'll play Al Disco Haram. This was the first track I ever heard from Moving Still, which is absolutely incredible. So have a listen and enjoy. you guys are getting a nice clear picture into one of Jive Hive's amazing DJs on their roster. So that was from a, not from their, their label, but it's one which really highlights the, the extremely talented man they've got on their book. So that's an extremely exciting prospect going forward. And Harold, you talked to me earlier about your jazz inspirations at Brainchild Festival. Mm. would there ever be an avenue for you to explore into the jazz world to go onto your label or do you think you just have to see what opportunities arise before considering it absolutely i think the 
we are not tying ourselves to any uh, one particular genre or artist. It's just we're very happy. Just anybody that we really like and feel as if they could they could work for us and we could work for them, we'd have. And I think that that's definitely something that I'm I'm looking into. So the our other release that we that we've got coming up this year, uh, which actually will be dropping a digital release of of this guy before moving still is Lewis Moody, a.k.a. Lewis Nicola. Um, and he is a jazz musician. So he's a, he's a keyboardist. He's played for 3070. He's played for Zeitgeist Freedom Energy Exchange uh, from Melbourne. And hugely, hugely talented keyboardist who now basically wants to sort of set up uh, his own project um, which is going to be kind of more club focused, but the so the track that I'll play, which which called BP from uh, from the from the upcoming release, is is has got live samples on it. So you'll feel feel the heavy jazz element kind of influencing this release as well. So that's really exciting. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we're already there in that sense. But we've definitely already got the jazz stuff coming in. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely something that I'm very keen to to be pushing uh, uh, at a later point. I think it's good to combine different elements because have you see, as you've seen with Moving Still, with his Batata Charmer, I think people are so hungry for a slightly different sound here or there. And obviously jazz-infused elements like you know, jazz piano has always got a, a very big space for the dance floor. So is it really annoying you that you can't get out into the clubs and really experience it on the best speakers, uh, you know, in the scene? Or do you think you're just going to have to? You know, obviously we're going to have to abide our time. But is it frustrating you a little bit? It's frustrating me slightly. I mean, to be honest with you, I've been playing some of this music out recently at, at various, you know, little gatherings here and there, um, and that's been really nice because you know when you play the music to your to your mates and and you don't tell them don't give them any context and you can see people dancing around. That's always, that's a great feeling, but yeah, it is frustrating. And I think that one of the, one of the ideas that we had coming up was, was having a more kind of sofa sounds esque thing in Oxford where we'll get some musicians to play and, and, and hopefully get Lewis as well to play and, and, and just basically, you know, have a kind of lounge atmosphere in which we'll, be able to film them and 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 you know and we'll and we'll promote that as well. So I think I am missing it, but you know it is what it is. We've got to work around it and, and come up with our own solutions in good time. Tell me a bit more about the team that you work with. Are you sort of just the joker in the town? You know, not doing much work, just lazing around. Uh, <laughs> or, or are you more? Of, are you the musical, ins, you know, inspiration, or do you all have your own input, which helps? promote the the label and the ethos you want to to show to people i think the rough framework is that i what well, i'm dealing or have de- dealt with the artists and um christian christian gately uh deals with uh sort of distributors and um a lot of the process of manufacturing the record and stuff like that and the money and then phil is sort of the artistic vision as well um so a lot of the creative side goes to him so but that's very loose and it's also very interchangeable um but yeah everyone everyone does that everyone does their bit should we say 
that's good to hear. There's never ever there's never any arguments, are there, that you could have sort of sparked with some of your whippy comments or not really? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I think. Uh... Sorry, sorry. I just carry on. Actually, I was about to say something, but you you go forward. No, just you know, I think that whenever someone does a bit too much radio silence, you know, you've got to give them a bit of a call and just get them back into the line. And I'm saying that I'm 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 prone to be doing doing that as well. So it's. <laughs> It's, it's 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 interchangeable, yeah. Let's hear another track from your label with uh, one of the other artists, Lewis um, Moody, aka Lewis Nicola. Yeah. Tell me a bit more about him before you introduce the song. So Lewis, um, you know, it's what you were saying earlier about searching for artists. What was really nice about this was this kind of came very organically in the sense that. In Berlin, I met Ziggy, met up with Ziggy a few times. He said that his friend and, and also someone that he'd done a lot of work with um, was looking to release some music. And then I realised, hold on, I've actually seen him play because Zeitgeist Freedom Energy Exchange did a gig in Berlin at Bader House uh, run by the Get Together crew, which was a crazy night. And I remember thinking, wow, this guy's insane. And then turned out that he wanted to release some music and develop this new side project, Louis Nicola, um, which very much more club driven, uh, so sounds because uh, he's, he's he's a great producer as well, and so uh, yeah, so that, so kind of he sent a bunch of music over, and I thought yeah, this is gonna this is great, this is really this is what we're looking for. So the one that we'll hear is uh, BP. This has actually got Ziggy on the drums as well, and uh, Lewis on the keys. Um, and it's a it's a it's a great 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 track, um, and I, I hope you enjoy it.
So yeah, hopefully you guys love that as much as I did when I have heard it a few times in the last few days. So that was a Lewis Moody track, aka Lewis Nicola. And it's interesting how you mentioned that things just fell into place a little bit randomly. He was looking for a project. Do you believe that you know things come across you in your path in a very sort of random way or things that were meant to be? Are you sort of a believer, Harold, in a the weirder things in life, like destiny. <laughs> yeah, I think it is just all fate. I mean, I think that the more you get talking to people in this world, the more it kind of seems that it is so small, I think, especially in the, I mean, in Berlin, that's what I found. I was, you know, you met one person and you met five other people who were all doing interesting projects and then you keep on seeing them at all the other gigs. So, and you just got talking to them. And I think all the people that I know who've done really well in that scene just have really built up a great network of friends and you know people that inspire them and and kind of just got them to 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 play on various different things and I think you know that that coming back to that brainchild idea of of you know, all these bands were just very loose formations of people in the same area of London uh but you know one minute he would play there and she would go over into that band and they would borrow the drummer so there was a lot of toing and throwing between the people and that's really how the scene kind of grew and that's I think the same for club music as well is that you know the way that labels really all they are is just a collection of people wanting to help out an artist and and in, in the process them helping the label out so it's it's if, when you kind of view it like that in this sort of bubbling effervescence uh, of, of people coming together and sharing ideas and, and mixing up here and there and not just randomly writing an email to someone saying X, Y, Z, then it's a very different way of approaching things. And I think one that we've certainly been fortunate enough to to, to have. I agree. I, I think for me, because of COVID, uh, from a pod, podcast perspective, I've had to do a lot of emailing and messaging, obviously, because everything's online and you can't really experience meeting people in person and spreading your wings a bit further to really experience better musical talent and things like that so I think it's a really interesting point you've made because for me especially I definitely want to go forward and actually meet people in person and go and use their sort of talents for the best of their ability and my ability as well and I was just wondering you were in Paris before Berlin Mm. tell me the difference between the two obviously you're in Paris for longer would you say that maybe the music scene might not have been as good, but it suited your sort of Parisian Moroccan heritage and you know the suave that you might have you know imprinted on the city? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's it's funny because it's just a different world out there. There really isn't much of a scene going on in the same way that there is in in London. Uh, it just you couldn't even compare the two. You don't go to Paris to go clubbing, really. You go to Paris to sit in a cafe and drink wine and you know chat about love it's not it's nothing to do with london or berlin which are you know cities which really have millions of millions of people who are very engaged in music um and actually ironically the best thing i did see there was uh henry Wu, uh who came over and uh, he did a great gig in December. So yeah, and and his his opening lines was "Welcome to London." So <laughs> you didn't really get the sense in Paris that there was really something that was particular to that city. It was all kind of borrowed from elsewhere. 
that's a seriously bold entrance from him. I feel like with his bucket hat, he does seem like quite a bold guy. Probably he could easily piss off many people without really trying. Uh, yeah, he has. He has as well. I, I, <laughs> there are lots of stories of of him that that one hears through the through the through the grapevine. But nevertheless, a great musician. Uh, yeah, he's incredibly talented. So he doesn't have to worry too much. It's kind of he can let his music do the talking. Would he ever be someone you dream to have on? Because he seems to have has one of his his one of his aliases, isn't it? Kamal. I can't remember how you pronounce it. Yeah, Kamal. Kamal Williams. Yeah. Williams, yeah, and um, um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, I think, but I think again, you know, he's one of those people that have now become kind of mega stars in a way, and from mm. from where they were five, six years ago, um, you know. And I think that our our point is not to have a mega star really at this point. It's to is to is to have people that that you know are, are really coming up and and. And and hopefully we'll reach that point one day, but you know, aren't there now? Um, yeah, I think it's better to have a an eye on things on you know unpolished gems almost. That was a good way of describing it because it's easy to think big and to aim high, but it's way more rewarding definitely when you get artists which you feel like you found personally rather than sort of off the back of a bit of hype. Which someone like Moving Still, for example, he's certainly a popular DJ with uh, people that know him, but I feel like you guys have definitely been a big contributor to getting his music out there. So I think. Well, shout out, an- shout out, shout out to Dardisku because, because to be fair, you know, and I know you've had fish on the show. They they've done amazing work uh, with him, and actually, generally, the promotion of of that style of music, uh, you know, through what they're doing. So shout out to them as well. Do you ever talk, share ideas with them, or do you think are you purely? In terms of when you're digging for music, how does it work? Are you trying to find your own avenue? Like, do you use Spotify? Do you use YouTube? Like, how do you think, how do you gather the music that you want uh, or find the inspiration that you need for your next releases and artists? Um, well, as I say, I'm never really searching. It's, it, I guess, in a kind of direct sense. I think it's you, you have conversations with people and they send you things and 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 you kind of then you, then you kind of react to that, I guess. Because um, I don't, I wouldn't presume that I'd be able to just get in contact with someone and say, "Look, come, come and come and do this." But you know, if that opportunity arises, potentially. But yeah, it's it's it, it's more of a kind of conversational thing. I mean, I think that. For example, with Dardisco, they they're doing a slightly different thing. They do quite a lot of edits of Moving Still. Um, edits are a completely different ball game to what we're doing uh, when it's just when it's just them producing the music, the artists producing the music. Very very different thing. So yeah, we'll see we'll see we'll we'll see where we're going and uh, we'll see where we go and, and and how things shape up. Definitely, we want to see a Harold Serrero imprint on the music industry. I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> Before we, before we leave today, um, obviously I wanted to thank you for coming on to my show. You've got another track for people to listen to, but I think just to keep people on their toes, I think it's an unreleased, so just to, to whet your appetite before you leave and enjoy the sun, that which uh, is basking on us today. So Harold, tell me a bit more about this unreleased track that you're going to play and finish us off with. They're, they're all exclusives today, aren't you? They're all exclusives. Uh, really? Yeah, um, well, this one is uh, from 
Lewis Arcola as well. And this is going to be, this is much more break BT. Uh, so this will give you so kind of a lot of variation in terms of the the album that we're shaping at the EP that we're shaping up with him, uh, uh, and this is this is the final one on the on the EP. So have a listen, see what you think. I, I absolutely love it, and uh, yeah, brings you back to kind of the likes of Kylie Tatum and you know and all those guys. So so yeah, have a listen. <laughs> 